0: All right. God bless you guys, man. You can grab a seat. Come on. Is anybody still fired up to be here? So I want to, this is my first, I get to preach in Lawrenceburg. Come on, somebody. Woo! I'm fired up. So I, uh, this is a message that really is applicable to anybody, um, anybody, man, who's following after the Lord. But I really believe that God laid this message on my heart for today, for today. Lawrenceburg. Uh, This isn't even being played in Florence. And so if you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Hey, do me a favor. Let's turn some house lights on. I want to see you all. I don't get to look at you very much. I can't see any of you. I swear it's just a blue glow, which could be the glory of the Lord. If it's the case, just leave it here. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I want to read this whole section. Um, John chapter 2, verse 1 to 12 says, On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Come on, anybody excited to have Jesus at the party? And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Come on, everybody, say those words. Do. Oh, come on. Do. Whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water pots there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And so they took it, and when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you've kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and the disciples and his disciples believed in him. Today I want to talk for a few minutes about this idea of enjoying a party you didn't pay for. Now, y'all got to help me preach because in, in Florence, they make a little noise, and I, I, can just, I preach faster when people are in it. Y'all in this? Enjoying a party you didn't pay for. Anybody ever have the benefit of enjoying something that you didn't pay for, somebody else paid for? I mean, there's nothing like it. <laughs> I, uh, did, in fact, we, um, last week, we had our Christmas services, and, man, they were phenomenal. We had over 4,200 people at both locations, had about 100 salvations. Come on, somebody here thankful for that. God moving, it was awesome. And so, um, but right after, so we got finished with our Saturday night services, and uh, you know, man, doing this a couple times, and just the stress of the week, I was pretty tired anyways, but Pastor AJ, who's our, who is our head, of guests, uh, head of our creative arts department, and our lead worship pastor right now in Florence, and So we were getting ready to leave, and I was like, hey, Pastor AJ, let's go grab something to eat, which if you don't know Pastor AJ, that cat is incredibly picky. He's very hard to eat with. He takes forever to order. You have to have a lot of grace and patience on your life to hang out with this guy is what I'm saying. But we went to one of his favorite restaurants. They just opened in Florence um, an Outback. Y'all got to make some noise, man. Outback, come on. you You can't go wrong with Outback. So we got in, and. We, we walked in, I mean, I, you know, you can imagine the area we live in, in Florence and Lawrenceburg, uh, a lot of people know me that I don't know, and so, you know, I walk in, everybody, hey, Pastor Stephen, there's a, a family there, and I, I kind of recognized them and chatted them up for a little bit, and, and uh, we were joking about who was going to buy whose meal, and I said, I feel like the Lord sent me here to buy your meal, and they're like, no, we're going to buy your meal, and so it was kind of a joke, I really, it was intended as a joke, I took it as a joke, but when we, they got seated before us. But when we got seated, we got seated right behind them. And so we joked some more. I was like, hey, order big because it's on me. And well, nonetheless, they got, since they got seated first, they got finished eating first and then they left. And so we high fives and say, hey, man, I love y'all. They left. We finished up our meal and the lady brings the bill and she says, hey, it was taken care of for you. My meal just tasted better. Come on. <laughs> Enjoying a party you didn't pay for. I mean, so it was a great time. The best part was the manager um, of the new Outback. She's also a faith member. Come on. And so she brought us over their brand new boomerang dessert. Woo! Y'all just need to drive to Florence for that. And so we left, man. It was such a great night of relaxation and seeing some people and hanging out with Pastor AJ and his family. But here's the thing, man that was, that was free. I expected to pay, I walked away as free enjoying a party you didn't pay for man a lot of times we have come up in places and we got to go hang out at people's houses they paid for the food they paid for the entertainment they paid the pay-per-view they paid for the fight all you do is show up and enjoy it how many people here has ever enjoyed a party you didn't pay for well this idea come on this is exactly what this story we just read about is about in fact the entire group of people got to party because someone else was willing to pay the price When you read the story of the miracle that Jesus performed, his first miracle, think about what happened. This entire party has been going down for three days, which if you've been partying for three days, that's a par That's not even a party, that's a par They've been partying for three days. They're celebrating this this husband and wife coming together. They run out of wine, and Jesus shows up and performs his very first, first miracle. All the people get to enjoy this miracle, and they don't even know where it came from. Did you hear the text? Like, even the, even the head of the wedding feast, the wedding planner didn't know where it came from. Someone in the background was working so they could celebrate. And that's what we do here in Lawrenceburg. Well, I want you to see this. Check this out. He's, he makes it really clear. When I say a party, I want to make sure that all the religious people don't get too upset at me. When I say a party, I'm talking about what happens when you come into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. If you got saved and you're not experiencing a party, you didn't do it right. Because when we come to Jesus, Jesus is the one who paid the price for us to have a party. He's the one who died on the cross. He's the one who gave up his life so we could have joy and life and peace and hope. He gave it all so we could have it all. And so when I'm talking about a party, I'm talking about the life that's found and knowing Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Check out in Luke chapter 15, verse 27. Listen to this. This is in the story of the prodigal son when he... Runs away from the father's house and he gives his life back and he comes home. And notice what it says. The servant replied, it's your, it's your younger brother. He returned home and your father is throwing, come on, what? A party to celebrate his homecoming. Do you know the Bible says every time somebody gets saved that angels are partying in heaven? Come on, I'm, I don't know about you, but I used to party back in the day and I've given my life to Christ and I'm still about the party. But I'm about the party that Jesus paid for for us to celebrate. So listen to this story for a minute. It says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, which only Jesus can get away with calling his mom that. My son better never. Woman, I'm going to say one more time (laughs) because I'm way up here and nobody can reach me. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, I just want you to just check this out for a minute. I want you to lean in, and I want us to appreciate for a moment the faith of Mary. Notice there's a situation. The party's now going downhill because there's no more wine, and I love Mary's faith. Again, this is Jesus. his, His history tells us that... At this point, again, he's never performed a miracle. He's just stepping into his ministry. So he's not taught anything yet. He's not done anything yet. Like, he's just getting his ministry started, which means miracles in the life of Jesus was unprecedented. What I want you to know today is that God can't just do what you've seen him do. God can do unprecedented things in your life. But somebody's got to get their faith out there like Mary and believe as they look around. See, Mary, when Mary saw the need, she was able to see Jesus can meet this need and Jesus cares about this need. So she looked at him and said, Jesus, you got to do something. Everybody say, Jesus, do something. Y'all every day ought to wake up and say, Jesus, you got to do something about my kids. you got to do something about my marriage. You might say, I've never seen a marriage healed. Jesus can do the unprecedented. He can do miracles you've never seen him do. And so she just like basically pushes Jesus on the platform and walks away. And then tells the servants, and this is in in my book, and you hear pastors say this all the time, and I say this from time to time, but this is true. I have a handful, and there's obviously, man, God's word is so rich with truth and revelation, but there's a couple things that that are home-based for me, and this is one of them. If you, want to, if you ever want to get a, a scripture on a, on a T-shirt, this is the one. You ever want to get something on a coffee mug? You ever want to get something on the back of your car? And I don't recommend that, but this is the one. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. How does, how do, man, how do I make life work? Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Like, that's, that's it. So she puts it out to the servants and says, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do it. When God gives us revelation in his word, when God gives us instructions, when God gives us his commands, when God tells us what it is that he's called us to do, the best thing you can do is obey God because God has the greater wisdom, God has greater insight, God has a greater plan. Everybody say greater. God can see things you can't see. God knows where you're going. He knows where your decision is going to take you. And since he has good plans for us, the only way you can get into God's good plans for your life is to follow his path and do that through obedience. But how people know that that's not always easy, right? God opportunities are rarely attractive, so they're often avoided. Like on the surface, some of the, some of the things that God calls us to do oftentimes aren't really attractive. Tells these servants, hey, go fill the water pots. I, I'm out. Like, you know, can I do something else? A lot of times what God calls us to do in our relationships, what God calls us to do, I mean, how many people know that forgiving people is not easy? It's not even fun. Like I've never walked up to somebody and said, hey, I got an issue with you in my heart and I just need to get it right between you and the Lord. Will you forgive me? Like that's never fun, but it's always worth it. To be be a generous giver. The enemy will get in your head and say, you're going to have less. But God knows, man, again, obedience. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever God, God's whispering something in some of your ears. And he's been kind of harping at you, man. You feel the presence of the Holy Spirit pulling you in a direction. Some of you, he's called you to walk away. He's called some of you to hang up. He's called some of you to disconnect. He's called some of you to dive in. He's called some of you to take the next step. Come on, you're wondering, what do I do to get there? Whatever he tells you to do, shout it, do it. Come on, whatever he tells you to do, do it. You know, I mean, again, it's uh, this idea, again, it's not always attractive. That's why people avoid obedience. It's not always easy. It's not always culturally acceptable to do what God tells you to do. It's not always convenient to do what God tells you to do. Again, eight years ago, my wife and I, we packed up and we moved to a state. We didn't know a soul. We didn't have any friends, any family, any connection. We didn't know a, a person We not only got up and moved to a place we didn't know anybody, we pulled all of our kids out of school where they had all of their friends. I want you to know something, that was not an easy move moving from Ohio where we were born and raised to come to a state we had never visited. But I'm telling you something, I'm glad I did it. Do you know why? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. If you'll do it, it'll prosper. Here we are eight years later and God's been blowing up the ministry of Faith Church. Come on somebody, I'm telling you, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's why, for me, you know, Pastor Caleb and Miss Ashley moving up here. Whatever God tells you to do, do it, man. They moved up here, and God honored that. The worst thing it it can do. Some of you might say, Pastor Caleb, you just need to stay here. The worst thing Pastor Caleb can do is stay here. Do you know why? Because whatever he tells you to do, come on. Everybody shout, do it. You got to do it. So keep going. What was it that the servants were told to do? I, I love this, man. Some manual labor is what they got told to do. Check this out. John chapter 2 verse 6 says, now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. There's some overachievers right there. Come on. How many people would have left like this much? Like they went all the way to the brim, and he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. So, I mean, think about, think about the amount of labor that they got called to. I mean, wasn't nothing attractive about it. Jesus looks at this group of servants and says, your job to make the party possible. Come on, that's what I'm here to talk about is enjoying a party you didn't pay for. Jesus said, in order for the party to keep going, you got to fill the water pots. And so back in that day, come on, there wasn't a, wasn't a spigot you turned on and inserted a hose and just squeezed the trigger. In order to get 20 or 30 water pots, seven of them full or seven water pots full with 20 or 30 gallons you know what they had to do come on a bucket at a time they would drop a bucket in a well i don't know if it was by a rope like you hit water and then you got to pull a 5 gallon bucket up it's not up yet <laughs> and you get it up and it's like 1 gallon We we got to do this. How many more times? I'm out. I mean, it's not attractive. God's uh, what God calls us to do isn't often attractive. That's why it's often avoided. But man, they just keep working it and keep working. They keep dropping the bucket. I don't. It could have been a crank handle. I don't know. But imagine filling up seven water pots with twenty or thirty gallons each, a bucket at a time. Come on, that's some work. And that's not just some work, that's some faith. But they knew this, in order for a party to happen, someone had to fill the water pots. And what I want you to know, listen to this, is obedient actions make parties possible. For us here at Faith Church, I want you to know something. One of the things that God's called us to do is to make parties possible in Middle Tennessee. What God's called us to do to build a building, what God's called some of you to do, that you show up here every Sunday, what you're doing is you're filling the water pots. Some of you feel like you're insignificant and you're not important because you're just putting out chairs. Or you're putting up pipe and drape or you're running wires. I want you to know you're the servant filling a water pot so someone who don't even know what you're doing can have a party. That's why we do what we do. See, sometimes we don't get it. We feel like we're insignificant. We feel like what we're doing, oftentimes in life, doesn't matter. Like We feel like if we're not the person on the stage, we don't count. And the crazy thing is the Apostle Paul talking about the body of Christ. The body is individual Christ followers coming together as the collective to be the body. And he even makes the point, man, like, hey, little, what, what seems like an insignificant member. Come on, like a little toe. Like, I'm, don't nobody need that. Know that. Listen, kick that baby in the middle of the night. See how important it is. What God is telling us is that every person in the body matters because every person working, every person filling water pots makes parties possible. Come on, somebody. That's why we do what we do. And if someone doesn't fill the water pots, there won't be a party. Here's a question for just a few minutes. I'm not going to go long today. If someone doesn't fill the water pots, there's no party. See, the people inside of the party, they were a benefit of the servants' belief. They benefited from what the servants believed. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever like gotten favor because of someone else's faith? Someone else believed something for you. Someone else believed and, and you got the benefit from it. Come on, some of you in this room because your mama or your daddy or your grandma prayed you in. When you didn't know about God, you didn't care about God. They were on their face praying for you, calling out your name before Jesus. And you're a benefactor of their belief. You, t- you got the favor of their faith. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you that you can have faith for someone else and God move on their behalf because you're willing to work in the background to fill the water pot so they can have a party. You got to ask the question, though. Like, here's the question I want us just to think about for a minute. Again, this is known as the first miracle of Jesus. Who's responsible for the miracle? Now, I don't want at all to take the glory from Jesus, all glory to his name. He did the miracle. But somebody set the table, somebody was the setup. Someone was the setup. Someone, someone set the stage for his glory to show up. And you say, well, well, who were they? We don't know. They have no name, no fame, no popularity. We don't know where they came from. We don't know where they went. But we know in that moment that their effort and their faith made a difference so people could have a party. And this group of nobodies did their part. And here's what happens as a result of them laboring in the background, of them providing what's needed to fill water pots. Here's what we find out in John chapter 2, verse 11. Listen to this. It says, this is the first. Everybody here read this verse with me. This is the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Listen to what happened. So again, these, these servants working in the background to crank up ee, 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 one at a time, taking the bucket and filling the water pot over and over until it was filled, all seven of them to the brim. And they worked that tediously and that hard. Nobody knows who they are, nobody knows anything about them. But as a result of their faith, And as a result of their effort, we read that verse right there. That Jesus was able to perform a sign. You know what signs are for, don't you? Signs point in a direction. And Jesus was able to display his glory, and the disciples believed in him. So this group of no name, nobody who seems to be insignificant, which, by the way, significance is never measured in the moments. True significance is measured in eternity. You may feel like what you gave, what you said, what you do don't matter. I'm telling you, you will find out in eternity that what you did had a big impact every time you obey God. And so because they're obedient to do whatever Jesus told them to do. Jesus said, fill the water pots. They're going to fill the water pots. Check out what happens. Jesus has a platform for his first miracle that triggers a greater faith in the disciples. His reputation begins to spread. Faith around the community at that time begins to gain momentum. In fact, oftentimes in the New Testament, what we read is that people brought, uh, people brought other sick people to Jesus because they heard of his reputation. What reputation? What reputation? reputation that he can do anything where did that reputation start it started in cana of galilee because somebody was willing to do the work to set the table to fill water pots so someone could have a party what I've come to tell you today is sometimes we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter and we feel like it's just tedious labor and nobody's paying attention to and nobody knows my name and nobody's patted me on the back and nobody's appreciating me. And some of you in a place, maybe it's here where you're ready to step out of ministry, you're tired of showing up and setting chairs up and it doesn't matter. And some of you are, are tired of coming in early on Sunday morning, like you're ready to go back to the, to the other church you came from where you can just show up and sit down. But what I'm telling you is you are the servant, and you're filling water pots, and every time we fill a water pot, God shows up and throws a party, and I'm telling you the name of Jesus is going to be celebrated throughout this community. if we will be diligent to do our part. But what's it going to take to do it? Whatever he tells you to do. You say, well, what's he telling me to do? Here's what I know he's not telling you to do. Let's start with that. He's not telling you to do nothing. If you're doing nothing, I can tell you you're doing it wrong. Amen. Jesus is never going to say, uh, don't do anything. How do I know? He's like, Pastor, wait a minute. Come on, that's, that's pretty bold to say that. Are you sure you can say, it? here's how I know. Is because when he called us to follow him, he called us to lay down our entire life and give it to him. Those who are called to follow him are called to lay down their life, to pick up their cross, and follow him, to give it all. Even when nobody's paying attention, even when you can't give as much and maybe as sacrificially as somebody else gives, I'm just telling you, you're filling water pots. Some of you, when you go out of your way to walk across a room and and speak something to somebody at the workplace, like God just lays, you just want to encourage them and speak life you like, I'm already so busy. I don't, I don't want to go over there. I, I, it's just not worth it. It's not going to matter. I'm telling you, you're filling water pots so there can be a party. Sometimes when you help somebody, nobody else knows you helped them but that person. You paid a bill for them. You went and loved on them. You went and showed up at their house and helped them move. And nobody else knew. You're just a no-name servant. But you're filling water pots so someone else can have a party. So here's what I want to tell you today. There's only one Jesus, and you're not it, and neither am I. So the role of Jesus is filled. Amen? Come on, are people thankful? I'm not him, and you're not him, but he's him. His role's filled, but let me tell you, there's still, there's still some jobs wanted. If you open up the, the pages, and you scroll down, you'll find there's always room for another servant who's willing to fill some water pots. And so I just want to I came here today really for that. Tell you, this is our water pot. Ingram Siles, our water pot. Lawrenceburg, Pulaski, this region is our water pot. And we're going to keep doing whatever he tells us to do. We're going to keep filling it. And we're going to provide him a platform so our friends and our family members and our community can come to see his signs and experience his glory and believe in the Messiah as their Savior. Come on, who's down for that? I want you to bow your heads and your hearts with me for a minute. All across this room, if, if you're here, and uh, I just want to pray two prayers. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor Steve, like, I have been feeling insignificant. I have been feeling like, you know, what I'm doing doesn't count. I'm ready to toss in the towel. I'm ready to give up. If you're here, man, and you're laboring, but you're weary, man, you're cranking up the the water out of the well, but it doesn't feel like it's measuring much, and you're discouraged. If you're discouraged today in your walk with God, I want you to lift a hand real quick. Come on. If you feel weary, you feel tired, come on, throw a hand up. I'm just tired. I'm wore out. I'm discouraged. I don't feel like what I do matters. Come on, throw a hand up. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, every person right now lifting a hand. I pray, Father, they would know how significant they can be when they surrender who they are and what they have to you. And I pray in Jesus' name that, God, they will keep on laboring and giving and sacrificing, God, until they hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, I pray, God, reignite their passion, re-energize their faith to be the servant who fills water pots come on the rest of you in this room listen if you're here and like maybe god's called you to do something and you've just been like you know you're just sitting here man i've just been disobedient i've been i've been wrestling to do what god's called me to do if that's in church in, in family and in money in relationships if you're in this room and man god's called you to do something you're just struggling you're just honest enough to say, i've been struggling to be obedient i want you to lift a hand real high i'm gonna pray that god ignite your faith come on all over this room, throw it up real high. Man, I've been struggling to be obedient. Father, I thank you again for every person. I pray in Jesus' name that God, where there's doubt, where there's worry what might happen, I pray, Father God, that you'll resolve all of that. I pray, God, increase the faith of every person who's struggling to be obedient. And I pray, God, help them, God, to do whatever you've said to do. God, to step out to step out to step out obedience is always the key to every victory obedience is always the key to every victory and father i thank you for it in jesus name and everybody who agrees said amen come on can we lose our mind for jesus all across this room come on let's stand to our feet and we're going to worship the lord before we go out of this place